Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Om Shanti everyone, welcome. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. I hope everyone's doing well and you are taking care of yourself and you're finding that place within you that you want to serve, you want to take care of. You can sense inside of yourself there is capacity for you to be a better version of yourself. I don't think a day has passed me by that I have not gotten up from bed and thought to myself, Jen, are you better? And even when things aren't really running very smooth for me and I feel a little bit like I'm being attacked or I'm the victim or I feel vulnerable, I go back inside and I go, but I'm Wonder Woman. (laughs) I mean, come on. There's nothing that I can't do. Come on, Jen. You've got to believe in yourself. 
you're like the shift shakti you know that if you keep pulling god's energy in you what can you not do march is the month to recognize and empower and honor women today and our special guest is an incredible woman who's been doing a lot shami alberson and let me tell you a little bit about her robotics aficionado educator author and mom Sharmi is the CEO and co-founder of Smart Girls, which is a fast-growing startup company focusing on closing the gender gap in technology. Smart Girls is the first robotics company focused on girls. Sharmi is the visionary backbone of the company, ensuring that the company develops, markets, and sells innovative products. She received Adweek's 2017 Disruptor Award in championing gender diversity in advertising and tech. Nisa, and she's local right here in the Washington metro area. She has also been named Woman Entrepreneur of the Year 2018 by the Asian Chamber of Commerce, and she has been featured in Forbes, Huffington Post, Fox Business News, and much more. In 2017, Smart Girls was featured on ABC's Shark Tank, where she battled more than 40,000 companies to get placed. On air, she battled celebrity sharks including Richard Branson, Mark Cuban, and closed a deal with the incredible Damon John. Please welcome Sharmi Albertson. Hi Sharmi, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. You are one of those wonder women that some women will be like, could she just stop doing so much? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Or hopefully they want to be a friend. <laughs> I was having a conversation yesterday with a realtor. She was so open and she was saying to me that she wished she had women friends that could support her and celebrate her successes. Do you find that sometimes some of the women that you might encounter in your life you can sense like they're going, you know what? I can't have any more of you. You're just way too much. Do you find that sometimes women get intimidated by your enthusiasm, your ability to be so progressive or seeing into the future? Oh, that's a really good question. I think that it's really important that you look at all of your friends and see what kinds of gifts that they give you and then focus on that part of your relationship. So, we're all multifaceted and it's wonderful to be a woman because, you know, you have some women who you can talk about, you know, health and wellness, you have others who are interested in fashion or interior design, you know, more on the artistic side and then others who are interested in your entrepreneurial journey and are entrepreneurs themselves or business women and then you talk about business with them. And so, as long as you don't, you know, expect all of your friends to love all parts of you and be able to talk about all parts of you. I think that, you know, I've kind of, you know, put my friends into little boxes in a way <laughs> where, you know, some of them I talk to them about my entrepreneurial experiences and, you know, trials and tribulations and others we can talk about family or, you know, children. In that way, I feel like I don't stress the other friends and maybe make them alienated because I'm talking about something that they can't relate to. So, I try to find the bridges um, that we have together and then focus on the lovely time that we have together and the things we do have in common. Smart, because sometimes we're not that discerning in who to tell what, when, mm -hmm. or where, right? That we do end up creating conflicts with individuals that we don't really need to get into. And so, you know, when a woman is doing as much as you are and is successful, there are times when there's a little bit of jealousy. Have you ever felt that? And if so, how did you handle it? 
I mean, I definitely do think there is some jealousy here and there, and it's hurtful, actually. It makes you very sad. It actually happened with a relative, especially when you've got a startup company, you are very vulnerable. I mean, you're not perfect in all ways. And oftentimes you're not profitable even because you're taking whatever is coming in and then reinvesting it into the company. And so for a long time, you don't have classic profitability and you're very vulnerable and it's easy for people to point and go, Ooh, you know, well, you're not profitable. Why don't you just close the company or you're not doing the work that you need to do. Again, it's really important that you kind of just shift the conversation into something that you know will be positive and, you know, that the both parties are interested in instead of taking the hurt or, you know, dwelling on it, but basically saying, okay, well, maybe you don't understand my business or you're not the right person to talk to about this. So let's find a topic that we both like to talk about and that we both get positive energy from and then, you know, shift the conversation because... Why focus on jealousy? Why give into it? And why ruin a relationship that you have because you're focusing on that? So I like to, you know, again, find diplomatic ways to work around it and then decide, you know, and that kind of helps me also put someone in different boxes. And so if someone is jealous about something, then, you know, I say, okay, well, maybe I should talk about these things with them. And so we don't create jealous situations and those kinds of hurtful feelings. Very interesting, and it's something that comes up a lot between women. And on one side, let's say, if the jealousy is imposed on you, like, what does she think she's doing? Who does she think she is? She's like this, she's like that. That feeling or that vibration towards you can make you kind of numb. It kind of can disempower you. And at the same token, you wonder, well, are they just trying to make me a stronger version of myself? Because why should I believe what they're saying about me, that she thinks she's that, she thinks, what are you doing trying to do a company? You should be at home, you should be doing that. And then, you know, the life of me, Shami, is like, why do they even do that in the first place? Like, what do you get from putting down another woman? I just cannot ever understand what that means. I've often thought that once you raise people up, the world and everybody gets benefited. What are some of the things that you taught your daughter growing up in terms of the world that we're in? I think now she's in her 20s. The world has changed a lot. What are some of the insights that you recalled really planting into her and even witnessing that from her now? Yeah, we've had the joy of being able to live abroad. So we lived in Denmark for many years. And so my daughter is you know, half Danish and half American. That's where my funny last name comes from, Albrechtsen. It's a Danish last name. And so our time abroad, I think, really gave us insights into different cultures. We have something in Denmark called Yanta Law, which means that you shouldn't show off. You shouldn't promote yourself. If you're talking too much about yourself, it's a bad thing. We also have it in some cultures in America as well, and and also in some cultures in Asia where they say if a nail is sticking up, you have to hammer it back down again, right? That culture was really surprising. It's very different than the American culture where, you know, you are very proud of what who you are and what you've accomplished, and you should be going to the rooftops, and other people are promoting you, and you're promoting yourself. And so balancing those two and being able to understand that culture and what you can gain from that culture, and it does make you a little bit more humble. It makes you really think about what you're saying and to whom. And when you are humble, others actually end up speaking about you because they're like, what? 
why are you presenting yourself in such a way? We know this about you. And so it's interesting to look at. And I would say that one thing my daughter has struggled a little bit with these different kinds of cultures, and I think you can find them everywhere, really. How do you make sure that you can shine without outshining everyone else, right? And it's a balance and it's something that, you know, you just have to continue to look at throughout your life and say, okay, am I outshining others? You know, how can I make sure that when I'm in a conversation that I'm listening to the other person, making sure that they're feeling like I'm interested in their life and not just projecting myself. And so those are the kinds of things that I've really tried to teach her. You really have a curiosity about other people. Of course, you know, you can, you know, talk about yourself, but then you really have like a curiosity and find out who's this person before me? What is interesting about them? You try to get stories out of them. You try to get them talking. You'll be surprised actually the life that they've lived and their stories and they want to tell those stories. I love that. Can we go back a little bit of what you were saying about how to find that balance of not outshining others because the other day I was in an interview with some folks in Italy and I was sharing with them it's not about dimming your light so others don't feel very insecure around you but how do we raise the narrative or the opportunity that everybody can raise their light so everybody feels the light around them it's a hard balance I mean how would you balance that out and is culture in Denmark the right way of doing it or is the culture in America the right way of doing it I mean we're in a particular period because of technology and social media of just this cult mentality like everybody wants to be seen you know everybody wants to do a selfies but nobody knows who they are behind their eyes I see me I take a picture of me but I don't know who I am and so how would you speak to that because I think it's huge how do you know if your light is shining too bright and it's intimidating other people, one. And just this whole notion of saying, is there a right or a wrong culture? Is there a middle ground here? I mean, you know, a lot of it has to do with who you surround yourself with and, you know, who is your network. And I think that it's really important that you choose. The people around you should not be intimidated by your light and they should have lights of their own and that you basically take turns shining your light and part of your job as a friend and you know as a relative potentially is also to allow them to have space to be able to shine their light and potentially take energy from that as well so that it's not always about projecting energy and shining lights but also be able to gain energy from their light and be able to potentially have a one plus one equals two when i say that I think, again, it goes back to when you're talking about certain subjects, just know who your go-to people are. If you want to talk about certain subjects and be able to gain energy or inspiration, I know who to go to on these subjects. And then the same thing for others. And so, you know, it's picking and choosing, being wise about who's around you, and then definitely making sure that you don't include people who in any situation take away your light or don't appreciate it. They don't gain from it, and then they don't want to even see it. And then, you know, maybe they're not the right people in your circle, and you have to do the painful job of removing them. Let me jump in here. Have you ever noticed that you're able to recognize them even though they're smiling and coming to your party? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And how do you recognize them? Because let's say you've not heard them say anything to you derogatory, but you can just sense it in their presence and their vibrations. 
what is that energy that you pick up when you're at the party and you just know she's like what does he think she's doing (laughs) yeah i mean you know it's there but then i always give it a second chance i'm like you know until like i'm for sure for sure I definitely don't want to be judgmental and I don't want to judge others and you never know what's happening in somebody else's life. I'd really try to be empathetic and say, you know, maybe she had a bad day or maybe she has a stomach ache or maybe something else is happening in his life. So it's also not even just women but also men. So what's happening in their world? We don't have an insight. It's not always about us. I mean, oftentimes it's about what's happening in their world and their life. You know, find out, be curious, go and say, is everything okay? What's going on with you? I want to hear more. I want to hear what's happening. And you'd be surprised actually to hear what's happening and the assumptions that you made that it was about you, it had nothing to do with you. (laughs) So I would say, you know, definitely explore, be the inquisitor and find out what is the story. So many people are misunderstood. You've been So. so great. You are so smart. (laughs) No wonder you started Smart Girls. Let's talk about that. You started this company as a result of your daughter, I think, looking at robots who just didn't match the way she looked or felt. How did Smart Girls actually come about? So I started Smart Girls because my daughter was struggling in math, and as an overachieving mom, I wanted to help her. So I brought home a Lego Mindstorm set, and it was a complete failure. She hated everything about it. She hated the packaging. She hated building the robots. She didn't like the interface. And I started to ask myself, like, what was it that she didn't like? And when I started looking into it, it was just screaming masculinity. All the robots were like black and gray and they looked like tanks and they had bazookas and guns and little knives and everything. All the packaging had boys on the cover. And so there was nothing that spoke to her. And I thought we could make a company that could speak to girls because my daughter is not alone. Actually, when you look at the statistics, by age 13, 85% of girls decide that STEM is not for them. So we have to get to them early and we have to get them excited about STEM, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, or we're going to lose out on a huge group of very smart women. For sure. And I think that the fact that you were able to identify your daughter not being able to resonate with those Lego figures, then where did the thinking come to come up with a robot that looked like her, perhaps, or looked like her friend? Mm-hmm. At the time, I just decided to go into my daughter's room and look around for clues to see, is there anything in here that would be inspiring? And I saw this shelf full of American Girl dolls. And I thought, I love those dolls because they have stories attached to them. They're beautifully made, high quality. And these girls really love them. And I thought, could I do something similar where I had like all the accoutrements of an American Girl and combine it with a Smart Girls robot so that they were able to have the same play pattern of role play and conversations and stories, which is so important for girls. They really need to understand the context of what they're playing in. So oftentimes with boys, you can create a robot and they're fine with it not having a name, it not having a story. They could just have an anonymous robot. But girls really will name it. They'll build a story around it. Um, oftentimes, even if you give them boy robots, they'll be like, okay, this one's the mother and this one's the father. <laughs> they'll create a full story about it. So I thought 
why not help them and actually, you know, allow them to have their dolls. So our robot is basically a scooter that drives your doll around and you can learn how to do basic coding via an app called Sugar Coated. Really fun product that engages thousands of girls around the country through our programs with Girl Scouts of America and Black Gold Code. Brilliant idea. You might not know this, but in my 20s, I always wanted to design a doll that was a meditation doll. <laughs> like a little yogi doll, and especially one that babies could sleep next to. The doll will just do a nice little starlight meditation mm. so that the baby or the little child can just go to bed. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Yes. <laughs> anyway, you ended up totally knocking out 40,000 companies to get onto Shark Tank, which is not an easy achievement in itself, much less to actually walk away with a deal. Tell us a little bit about that experience and has your life changed after Shark Tank? Definitely. So I was a Shark Tank fan before I became a contestant on the show. So it was a true inspiration for me to watch the show and it inspired me to become an entrepreneur. So I was at the Consumer Electronics Show showing our products at the tiny um, exhibition hall. At the back of the exhibition, I had the tiny booth and I was showing the products and then a producer from Shark Tank walked over and he saw this crowd of people watching what we were doing and he's like, hi, I'm from Shark Tank. Would you be interested in going on the show? And I was like, what? Of course, <laughs> definitely. So I was recruited from a producer. And then ever since then, it was an eight month process of pitching and repitching and going through the process of battling 40,000 companies. And that's something you don't see the other companies, you just know that they're there and that you're competing against them. I think that by being chosen by one of the producers, I probably got to, you know, maybe, I don't know, up to a thousand other companies that they were evaluating. Then we were finally chosen at the end and, you know, we went on the show. It was like being almost in like some sort of entrepreneurial heaven. I mean, the lighting and everything, there was an aura around these sharks that was incredible. It was like standing at the altar of some sort. <laughs> it was really fun and exciting. Yeah, it's changed the face of our company. So I can highly recommend it to any other entrepreneurs that they have the opportunity. Definitely go on the show, you know, pitch and experience it. You'll be talking about it for the rest of your life, basically. Remember how you felt when you were standing there in front of the sharks and you had to present this product? Do you remember what those thoughts were? Do you remember how you were feeling when you were like, you better give me some money? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of go into a little bit of a shell shock. And so I had basically done my pitch and my little presentation so many times that I had been telling that pitch in the elevator. I've been telling that pitch in the shower. I've been just repeating it over and over again. People thought I was talking to myself at dinner. I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that pitch just like automatically like breathing for me. I just gave it and then there were questions. I mean, when you're there, it's them and you in this room and you answer the questions and then you do the best you can under the circumstances and try to look like you're a sophisticated business person, you know, under this very high stress situation. I was very lucky that I had two girls with me and they stayed with me in the room. So sometimes in the tank, things can get a little bit tough and nasty. I did it because I had my little girls with me. So <laughs> those two smart girls, I think it really helped 
keep the conversation at a nice level. And they were also asking questions of those two and what they like about the products and everything. So it was good. Beautiful. So you're into bridging diversity and educating young women to believe that they can do coding. You're working with Girl Scouts of America and you're working with, I think, Black Girls Black Code. Code yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Things are just unfolding for you. And every day it's coming into a new perspective. Things are growing for you. How are you managing staying grounded and staying focused? You know, at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, I think that I threw myself into it and worked a lot of hours. Honestly, it wasn't very good for my health or my relationships. And you can do these kind of what they call sprints for a period of time, but it needs to be a sprint and it needs to end. And then you need to go into a more of like a marathon runner where you're a little bit more balanced and, you know, you work less, you know, you still work a full week or more, but, you know, you try to take breaks in the weekend, try to spend time reconnecting with family and with nature. Nature is very important for me. We do hiking practically every weekend. I do Zumba and yoga outside as well, because I think it's really important to connect with your body and nature. So I think it's important for you to find what gives you energy back and make sure that you do have balance. It was also easier, quite honestly, like when my daughter started growing up. I mean, as she became more and more independent and started growing up and getting ready to leave the nest, I really found like I almost got like a second wind for my life in a way. And I was so excited about it. I was like, oh, wow. Some people feel so sad about the empty nest. But I didn't see that at all. I felt like, well, this is actually a great opportunity for me to be able to put my energy into something fantastic and a dream that I've always had. Fantastic. You know, not a lot of women have that kind of energy to keep going and pushing forward, and I think it's such a blessing. For some people, it might be annoying, (laughs) but for others, it's (laughs) like a blessing. And as you continue to look at the world, America has elected its first African-American Indian vice president. It was hard to get out. We've got a vice president who's half African Caribbean and Indian. Yeah. It's huge. I mean, finally, we can see ourselves yeah, in exactly. a place of power and how that impacts the consciousness and the psyche of a young woman. What have you been hearing them saying to you? Because Smart Girls is all about that, and you're around so many young women who are just bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Have they been sharing with you anything about how they're feeling knowing that a Kamala Harris is the Vice President of the United States? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think that she's become really the new hero for underserved girls, and I think that these heroes and ambassadors and mentors on different levels are so essential because if girls don't see themselves in engineering, if they don't see themselves in tech, they're not going to want to take those careers. And the same thing here in, you know, leadership positions, it's not even just them, but it's everyone else. When, you know, men and women and all races and creeds start seeing that, oh, okay, well, you know, we can have an Asian woman running our country and working out of the White House. Why can't we have that for our major corporations and everything else? So it's a great thing, and it will definitely be something that we'll continue to talk about you know, with our children and with these young girls. In the old days, we'd always say to a young boy, oh, you can be president. You can say the same thing to a girl and be able to point to one and say, look, she did it. So can you. 
taken such a long time, hasn't it? And there's still such a long way to go. I find myself really sitting back at times and just thinking about the arduous journey of a woman, historically. And yet at the same token, her beauty, her style, her grace can topple a kingdom. I don't know if she does it intentionally, but sometimes I've seen how whoever she is, if it's in service for the greater good, the world will become a paradise. It will become a better place. Going back a little bit to Smart Girls, you've been doing these live remote programs, and I want to get it clear, which was named one of the best STEM camps by Good Housekeeping and Parade Daily Om. Could you tell us a little bit about what that was about, like the type of learning you were offering during the pandemic, and what changes do you foresee in education and distance learning? So last year, 2020, was supposed to be our big launch year where we had one of the largest educational distribution companies as our partner for a new product line, not called Smart Girls, but called Smart Buddies. And Smart Buddies, B-U-D-D-I-E-S, is for schools and after-school programs and included boys and girls. So we had eight characters with books and with a full curriculum to change the dynamic in school systems. Because of the pandemic, we couldn't sell into these schools, we couldn't work with them, children were learning from home. So last summer, we launched Camp in a Box and ended up with fantastic accolades from all the press. They loved what we were doing, but children basically got a box that had all the camping materials they needed for two weeks, and we educated them via Zoom, so we had a Zoom camp. And we made it really fun. So, you know, in the morning they would have like a mini lecture, but it would be completely interactive and we would have an open chat room. And then in the afternoons they would break out in smaller groups. They would be given a homework assignment with their robot and then they would do that and they would present it back to their little classroom. And at the end we had a talent show, which was so cute and so amazing what these kids were able to do. So they made videos of what they were able to do with their robots and they made storylines and music. We had, you know, an Indiana Jones version, we had a Beyonce, we had a Justin Bieber, they chose the music, they chose all the scenery, and then they did pretty complicated robotic coding exercise that, that went along with it. And so we did a thousand kids this summer during the pandemic. We also worked with Black Girls Code. They also did Smart Buddies camps using our materials and everything. So really able to get to lots of underserved kids this summer. and. Because of the success of that program, we now are working on a National Science Foundation grant with NYU. NYU is an investor in our company and loved what we were doing, and so let's make a platform that's just for kids, where we can do after-school learning and summer camp learning. It'll be completely interactive. It'll have artificial intelligence that will allow kids to use their fingers and thumbs to be able to communicate to us and give us a feedback mechanism if we're doing things right or wrong. Really, really exciting. So. We tried to use the pandemic as a way to launch new products and to make sure that we're educating children during this time period. It's a difficult time in the country, so we're doing our part, I hope. Thank you. So what if a parent wants to bring their child into the camp? Yeah, so we will be having a new camp this summer, and you'll be able to go onto smartbuddies.com and purchase a camp. So right now we have a 2021 class pass, but if you buy one of our products, you can definitely join the camp this summer. Just go to smartbuddies.com and sign up. Their particular age group? 
Yeah, so we go from seven to 11. That's primarily our age group. If your child can read at age five or six, then they're also welcome to join, but they need to be able to read basic sentences in the code and be able to write a little bit as well. Absolutely phenomenal. I mean, I'm just so impressed by it all. I want to talk about, as we're getting to a close of our show, you've been through quite an interesting journey, just overall, period. And I'm sure the last few years have been quite intense. What have you learned about yourself? What have you really learned about who Xiaomi is? That's a good question. I mean, I would say that one thing that I've learned is that I gain energy from positive relationships and positive feedback. And I think that everything is about energy. It's about giving energy. It's about taking energy. It's what runs the world is, is energy. And so how do you best manage this energy? You know, being an entrepreneur, as you know, also, you know, as being a mother and being a wife and a sister and a daughter, women, we take on so many of these roles. We take on like the role of the communicator in the family. We take on the role of oftentimes also the interior designer and the home chef and the cook <laughs> and everything else. I and mean, everyone wants to eat mom's cooking, right? So, you know, how do you do it all? And I think that, you know, finding ways of being able to cope been really important for me also during the pandemic where we weren't being able to see our family and friends and finding great coping mechanisms and ways to innovate ourselves out of this current situation. I'd say that that's what I've learned about myself in the last few years as the CEO and co-founder of Smart Girls is really finding energy, being able to keep it, contain it, rebuild it, re-energize. use the word energy, like mm. we really are always in need of energy and sometimes you look at the world and the world has become so tired mm-hmm. and to what yeah. extent is it getting recharged by maybe allowing God's light to flow through to give the soul that current or even the way I look at it, God's light flowing through my friends where good relationships really, really keep me going. And I know what you mean when you say to be able to turn to people who really can support you and give you that energy. It's really, really a big plus. I believe in angels. There are angels out there. They have human bodies and they are our friends and family and others. Throughout my life, I've always found that when I was in need, I was able to find an angel to help me. And these angels come in different forms. Some of them are actually online in Facebook groups and other places. I have angels who I've never met before, talked to through Facebook. Yeah, these angels are really important and I believe that these angels are coming to us through God. So look for the angels because they're there. I completely agree with you on that. And I know that there are a lot of them out there. And they're Mm -hmm. even expanding more and more. I think because we're expanding. So much has changed. Remember the days when there used to be candles instead of electricity? Can you imagine what the poor candle maker went through when electricity was invented? When, you know, he might have realized, I'm going to be out of business. And I think that the energy of algae, which is an acronym that I use quite regularly, It represents anger, lust, greed, attachment, and ego. I think it's coming out of business because so many are becoming like angels who are supporting the higher vibration of life and wanting to bring the best of who they need to be for it. And I just think it's such a fascinating time. So is there a message that you would like to leave with young girls today that they could just plant in their consciousness for the rest of their lives? 
Yeah, my message to young girls is that you can definitely have it all. You can do it all. It is possible. Look for the mentors and the ambassadors and the heroes that are out there. Look towards women like Kamala Harris. Find them in your community. Find them elsewhere. And look to them as beacons for your own life. Definitely don't give up. Don't feel that you're trapped in any shape or form. I mean, you can do it. This is like this is one of the most fantastic times in history for women, where we can really do it all. Education is open for us. Jobs and career is open for us. We just need to be able to have the self confidence to be able to go and take it. And I think confidence is so important for girls today. They really need to believe that. They have what it takes to make it happen, and just go for it. You have nothing to lose, and you have everything to gain. So, find it and, and make it happen. I want to talk about that confidence level. If a young girl comes and asks you, "How do I build my confidence, Auntie Sharmi?" What would you tell them? I would say really look at the things that you're good at and your own gifts, and then try to focus on those and build on those. And think about them, and not just say, "Oh, okay, I'm good at that," and then just dismiss it, but actually own it. You know, let's just say that you're good at baking and you're really good at making cakes. Then do what you can to be like the best that you can be. If you love baking them and you love making them, then do that and do them to the best of your ability and try to give them to your community and to others. Do、so、you get positive and loving feedback from what you're making? And then that's a good way of building your confidence. Looking at your skills, and if you don't have any. Find one. Try different kinds of things that are out there. I mean, there's fantastic YouTube channels. In the old days, we'd go to the bookstore or we'd go to the library and find a book. That's how I learned to cook was through books that I found in my school library. But now you've got the whole world of YouTube, and you know, there's all kinds of people there teaching you all kinds of things. So dabble a little bit and find a skill that you love, and then build your confidence based on that. Somebody asked me yesterday as well this question. That's why I presented it to you. I shared something similar to what you、mm-hmm. did. In addition to that, I was sharing with her: pay attention to the small things that you're doing. Like, be mindful if it's just taking up a pen and writing your name on a check for a million dollars. Just do it with mindfulness and with this energy of putting that intention in what you're doing and why you're doing it will make the soul that's within you feel that strength of character. And once that strength of character gets built, then whatever she does, how can she fail? She will always be a success because she's okay inside. But it's something that I know a lot of young women do go through. You know, where do I build my confidence? And we've all had that uncomfortable stage between 13 and 17.、Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we don't know、yeah. who we are. Yeah, so that's like、yeah. kind of、normal. But yeah, your advice was very good. Charmy, thank you for joining us on the next normal, and I am looking forward to seeing and hearing how grand and big you become, and being one of Time's most influential women of the year. I'm actually envisioning it. it. It's going to happen, <laughs> and also that you're right next door. So I'll invite you over that I can cook for you. We can have、oh, a chit chat together. Yes, yeah, definitely.、Mm-hmm. It, was like、it was great. It was great、well, to have you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed our time together. I know that I did, and you must have taken away so much from Shami and the work that she's doing. Again, I mean, I could put it in bullets to just show you how much I took away from just what she shared in this short time. But more than anything else, be so present with your children. Be so present with yourself. 
And in doing so, you'll be surprised at the gifts that will emerge at that moment. You just might come up with a new product, just like Charmy did with Smart Girls. Thank you so much. All the very best. Stay tuned for much more later on as we continue with our next normal and positive Fridays that comes up with Brother David. I hope you've been enjoying that. And I hope you've been in loving also the Meditation Mondays and the beautiful edition of Drishti, Seeing into the Being, where that we start to really purify our own personality to start to really deal with another person from that pure place within so that we can really foster exceptional relationships. That's what the future next normal is all about, having great relationships, first with yourself, with God, and with each other. Take care. Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti everyone, be safe. Sister Jenna, you've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.